Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have with me, as always, my co-host and my friend, Grant McGalliard. Grant, how are you this evening? Parker, I'm doing outstanding, man. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good week. Uh, we're, you know, this is a Victory Wednesday. We tried to record on Victory Sunday, but the technological gods got the best of us. So uh, let's, uh, you know, let's go ahead and recognize that the Frogs added one more to the win column on Saturday. Um, yes. So one, I feel extremely privileged complaining that I was at the beach and the Wi-Fi was not good, but the Wi-Fi was not as good as advertised. And so I'm very upset about that, but we're here, we're recruiting or we're, uh, we're recording <laughs> and, uh, I do feel the need. We're also recruiting. I do feel the need to say. If anyone's listening, we are recruiting. Uh, we, we don't talk to recruits, but if you listen to the podcast, come to TCU. I will say, here's a direct quote about the game on Saturday directed to me you think to win you have to do it a certain way it's hard to win and i'll say you know what it is hard to win especially when your defense is really bad and you don't have an identity on offense and so great good for tcu for winning another game that they should have won by a lot of points by a decent amount of points congratulations my life is groundhog day grant it's 2019 Texas Tech all over again, where my mentions are full of people saying, but 500 total yards, and me saying, no, we still don't have a passing offense, and we're playing Oklahoma. So, okay, so let's do a quick exercise. You're, you're driving here, but he, but I, I want to hear this. I was not able to watch a lot of the game on Saturday as my family—here's a sentence. My family's ranch house doesn't have TV. Tell me you're from rural Texas without telling me you're from rural Texas. Um— so I watched the highlights, I watched a lot of clips, a lot of cut-ups, but Parker, when I see that Kendra Miller has three touchdowns, Zach Evans has two touchdowns, Max was eight of ten, it's, it seems to me that the offense was humming. But when I look at the overall stats, I'm a little confused. Can you kind of tell me what the discrepancy there is? Yeah, so I think the discrepancy is that, I mean, Texas Tech, ran all over TCU again. Like there's no improvement in the, in the rushing offense. So if we look at uh, Texas Tech's EPA, right? Expected points added. It's a stat. Um, overall, 0.232. That's, that's pretty good, right? Like on average, Texas Tech, when they, were, when, they, when they ran a play, they improved their value by almost a quarter of a point, right? Like that's, that's good. Uh, in passing, because their quarterback is Henry Columbi, uh, the dirty pirate, 0.0758, right? Like, that's not good. That's basically right. zero. That, that's nothing, right? You're staying on schedule, sort of. And you didn't have anything insanely gaudy um, other than that, you know, pick six. Rushing, 0.358. Grant, on average, when Texas Tech rushed the ball, they improved their expected value by a third of a point, by more than a third of a point. TC's rushing defense is abysmal. It's not even like a joke anymore. Yeah. It's so bad. It, it is. I, I can't remember if this was a run or a pass, but I have a screenshot on my phone, and I'll, I'll send it to you later. But there's a play where Sir Roderick Thompson – it is a run because he breaks it for like 75 yards and, and scores. He's surrounded by like six TCU players on the left sideline and looking at it like surely he's not going to get out of this. And <laughs> do you remember that tweet where – we don't need to get political, but it was like, surely Donald Trump won't wriggle his way out of this one. Ah, well, nevertheless. And that was Sir Roger Thompson. 
I was like, surely he won't get out of this one. Ah, well, there he goes. Uh, it, like, it's the Breaking Bad meme. It's like yeah, Sir Roger he, he Thompson can't keep, can't getting, keep away. getting away with it. Um, he can. He's good. I no, want to say, for all, the, for all the crap, whatever that stupid SB Nation site is, was talking about Henry Columbia and Max Duggan. Um, for all the nonsense there, I would say, like, Sir Roger Thompson, very good yeah, running back. Yes, he, he is. He, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I wouldn't take him over Zach Evans, but yeah, 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 yeah. He's very shifty. No, um, no, but the the question is not Zach Evans or nothing. Yeah, yeah right. right, it's, right it's, would right, you want Sir Roger Thompson on your roster? And the answer is absolutely. God, yes. Um, okay, can we can we just do an exercise for a second? To. I hate I hate dinosaur stats, but I think that we can start to talk about we can we can reach some of the dinosaurs by using the dinosaur stat. Texas Tech, three hundred and forty four passing mm-hmm. yards. 214 rushing yards. Okay. Not good. 5.8 yards per rush, 8.4 yards per pass. Well, Parker, I would attribute that. Is that who you want to be? I would attribute that. This is like, I'm I'm the parent, and my kid is going to freshman year of high school, and they're wearing an ankle-length trench coat, (laughs) and they've put on mascara. And I'm like, you can do this. I just want to ask, is this who you want to be? Parker, I would attribute this to the Sonny Cummy offense that we all know is potent and powerful and can slice its way Look, through opposition. Look, man, I, 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 honestly, it's, it's a wonder that um, Sonny Cumbie hadn't won the Broyles Award yet. There's, so, there was, I'm someone, trying to remember the exact point. Someone is going to vote for him. I hope you know that. Someone's going to vote for him for the Broyles Award. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, I I wonder. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember exactly at what point last year or last last Saturday night that I tweeted, "Sunny Cumby can live like this. Like if he wants to live like this, that's fine." Because they went like they went like inside zone screen, inside zone punt. Yeah, like, it was so freaking <laughs> funny to it's, me. It's the best. Okay, Parker. I I want to I. I, I I want to do an exercise, if that's okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say one nice thing about TCU in the Tech game, and you're going to say one nice thing about TCU in the Tech game. Is that okay? If I have to. If you have to. Okay. <clears throat> Here I go. Um, TCU was blessed with two very good running backs. That is a nice thing to say. TCU held uh, a Texas Tech's abysmal pass rush to only two pressured dropbacks. Two on the night. Only twice that Max Duggan was under pressure. You're going to maybe poke holes in that, aren't you? Because Max. No, nope. I said something nice. I'm just following Max your rules. only had 10 dropbacks. So. He had 11. Oh, Technically, me. he threw one away, I believe. My bad. No, he didn't throw one away. Scrambled he on scrambled? The yeah. He scrambled on one of them. It was not blitzed. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. This, I hate this, this team. <laughs> I absolutely hate this team. Why do we still do this, this podcast? This exercise went downhill. Uh, <laughs> I did not mean for it to take that kind of turn. Um, I wish Grant. I wish we had the foresight to set something like that because no, no, that's great content. Yeah. But that just happens, yeah. man. That's okay. Well. Um, I did want to get to one other thing. Max Duggan had no turnover-worthy plays. 
I think that might be the first time in his career. I'm comfortable <laughs> Honestly, saying that. Honestly, it might be. Um, also, he um, completed like a beautiful pass over the middle of the field, which I don't know. Might we might have been saying is a bit of strength for two years. Yeah. Um, uh, no drops. TCU yeah. didn't drop anything. Which even like last year, Kansas, where they he only had eleven, they dropped two yeah. passes. So like, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um. So Henry Columbia attempted forty-one passes. So he yeah he's yeah, slinging. He had at least forty-one dropbacks. He was sacked once. He was he was pressured. 13 dropbacks. He was hit. That's he not was great. He hit four times total. It's not great. But they get the ball up pretty quick. So that's, I mean, you know. Okay. But Tech's offensive line's not good. We talked about that last week. They're, they're fine. They're uh, not great. No, they're not good. They're not good. Yeah, they're experienced. Oh, well. Yeah. I just, I. Oh, okay. It should have been better. Last year, remember, Grant, last year, I tweeted out this clip this summer because I was so excited. Remember last year, O'Shawn Mathis, like, came alive during Texas yeah, Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Columbia, like, the first drive of the game, you know, TCU did that big old, they just, they were like, hey, Max, fine, you want to throw the ball? Here's a 30-yard <laughs> fade that Texas Tech knows coming, and it was interception, yeah, like, yep. whatever. And the first drive, Columbia just sits there, and O'Shawn Mathis goes into spy mode yeah. for God knows whatever reason. <laughs> And Columbia's still sitting there. And you see Mathis kind of with this moment of like, I'm supposed to be watching him. He's just standing there. And then Mathis just pile drives him. Just absolutely smacks him into the ground. You're like, this is great. TCU's coming alive. It also coincided. Grant, what did we say? It coincided with really bad opponents. TCU's defensive pass rush coming alive coincided with bad opponents. We said it all along. It was true. And TCU's pass rush has looked really, really bad. Um, Henry Columbia's depth of target this game was, shoot, what, 11.4? When he was under pressure, it was 2.6 as opposed to 13.5 when he was kept clean. And so he was just just getting rid of it. Um, And TCU really could not get to him. And they don't have the linebacker ability to cover those guys when he checks down. So, look, there's problems on the defense. I think we know this. Yeah, that's the thing that that worries me Parker is you know okay even even if you do get to the quarterback well great well if you have talent at wide receiver even tight end running back whatever these kind of underneath routes I don't know do you trust um you know Harris to make these tackles do you trust um Jamie Hodge to make these tackles I I, I don't um I, I, again not to bury th- these kids. I, I mean they, they have the roles and they play certain roles well and they do things well but in, in coverage I, I don't um, you know, they're not Marcus Mallett and Paul Dawson. And that's probably an unfair standard, but we've seen what a defense can look like, and then we see what it is now. I think I'm at the point, Grant, I'm going to make a sweeping sweeping declaration I love here. that. I've been saying that TCU needs a hate-and-ass defensive lineman for months yeah. now. TCU needs a hate-and-ass defender. I just don't think there's anyone on TCU's defense who... I, I I think THT has some hate in him. He, I think. I agree. He's he, border. He's, he's a, I will he, say he is across the he's threshold. He's a hating is fair. He's we, the need hating a sec- is. we need a second hate and ass yeah, defender, yeah. and and no second hate and ass defender has has been, um, yeah. has been found. Uh, and and that is what's just unfortunate. Can I read you? Okay, so I, I tweeted this. 
this is my fault. I'm not blaming all of you listeners for not engaging my tweets, although engage my tweets. Um, I, I kind of did an esoteric thing about TCU's defense because a friend of the podcast, Charlie Hoke, his brother, Tom yes. Hoke, great yep. golfer, a uh, friend of yep. the podcast. Um, they, uh, we, we were talking about like, Hey, you know, TCU had a couple turnovers and that really changed the game for them in in SMU and in and Texas. And it did. That's true. But I thought, you know, let's look at TCU's average field position on defense and how, how they're letting up touchdowns. Cause Grant, it's a different thing if you're letting up touchdowns on short fields versus long fields, right? Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. I feel like I'm like a, I'm like, I'm like a Chris Rocks. Like, you seen this? Look at this. You seen this he right here? Do a Chris Rock okay. Impersonation. Against, against Cal. No, it's done. That was actually a, an impersonation of John Mulaney impersonating a Def Jam comic. So it's right. okay. Cal. Against Cal. Cal started on average on scoring drives on their own 25 and a half yard line. Cal scored a touchdown from their own 32, from their 25, from their 20, from their 25. Not good. SMU started on average on their own 36 and a point seven yard line. They scored a touchdown from their own 23, 25, 25, from the TC3, 25, 25. Texas scored on average from their 22-yard line. They scored from their one or uh, from their own one-yard line, from the 40 and from the 25. Texas Tech, 26.8 average. Texas Tech, Grant, four touchdowns. Those drives started at the Texas Tech 25, Texas Tech 25, Texas Tech 25, Texas Tech 32. That is not, you can't put that on special teams. You can't put that on circumstances. That is lining up and getting your ass beat. Yeah, it's not great. Um, especially with an offense that is working with a lot of broken parts. Again, we talked about the line. And it's still good. Yeah, I mean. No, objectively, they are better than average. They are good. They are not optimal. Okay. But I am man enough to acknowledge because that's 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 what pisses me off about all the nonsense about complaining about the quarterback well yeah it's the offense is better well, okay. and the tcu so, should be undefeated right now based on what their offense has done it's been the defense so i understand here's here's my problem and um i think at the end of this i wind up in line with you but just give me a minute is that uh against texas tcu Gave up, what, 32 points, right? 32-27 was the final there. Yes, please, please the verify TC me. Texas, yeah, yes. Okay. And, no, 32-27, uh, 20, 20, uh, yeah. Okay, great. And then Texas Tech, they gave up 31 points. Now, I know not all games are created equal. I know there's possessions. I know there's turnovers, whatever, that kind of create these scenarios. Um, but Texas is a much better team than Texas Tech. Uh and the game was different. Tech runs an up-tempo system, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're still giving up 30 points to pretty much anyone and everyone who walks through the door, including Cal, including SMU, including, you know, Tech and, and Texas. So if you're going to create a system where, hey, no matter what, like, it's one thing. It's like, hey, the defense is going to give up 21 points and the offense has to beat it, right? Or, and, and if it's a good team, maybe 28. But if, if you're giving up 30 and 31 points, whatever, to whoever you line up against, that's a tough task for the offense to, you know, encounter. And sure, maybe you can get credit for holding Texas to 31 because or 32 because Oklahoma couldn't do it. But when you hold Tech 
to 31 the next week, that kind of lowers the achievement a little bit. That's my worry. I, yes. So <laughs> Chase Garber's QBR for the season is 57.7. His QBR against TCU was 93.2. As soon as you said Chase Garber, I got mad. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of an analogy here. That's going to be my new. Honestly, that's going to be my new. Michael Collins had an 86.8 QBR against Kansas in 2018, which he did. Hater. He did. It wasn't Mike Collins's fault. Um. Yeah. So. 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 Really, I think that the issue here is if you treat the defense like a fixed input, you're right. The <laughs> offense is not scoring enough to keep up with yeah. the defense. If you're treating the defense as a fixed input. I I might have some comments about how you think about the game of football because TCU for years, for years, has been like... So, so let me just count the years that I have been a TCU fan hardcore and thought about the defense isn't... Uh, is it, uh, the defense is better than the offense. The offense has to live up. Honestly, 2011, 2013, 2016, 2018, 2019, 2020. Yeah. The offense hasn't lived up to the defense, yeah. right? That's six years. Um, this year, the offense is living up to the defense, and the defense is not living up to the offense. Yeah. Like, that is the issue here yep. with TCU. The, de- the offense is not optimal. So, again, we have to have different conversations. The offseason conversation, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, about, like, Max Duggan and, and, hey, if you want a different quarterback, you have to go get a different quarterback, right? Like Or plan to— but This is the quarterback you have, and if you want to design an offense for him, that's a different right. story. right. Same exact thing. Okay, the offseason conversation is, are you trying to compete for a national championship? And the unequivocal answer for TCU is no, they're not. They're not. That No one would ever say that out loud, but they're not trying to compete for a national championship. And so are we going to be good enough to compete for the second spot in the Big 12 championship? That's what TCU is competing for now. And that sucks as the fan because there, there have been times where TCU has been competing for a national championship. They're no longer interested in it. That's okay. Um, and so then we have to say, okay, is this offense good enough to compete for the second spot in the Big 12 championship? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Is this defense good enough? No. 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 Not. Not at all. And, and not really close when you consider the other good defenses in the Big 12. I mean, obviously, it's you don't measure teams by defense versus defense, whatever. But you look at teams like Baylor, um, even Oklahoma State, even Oklahoma Iowa State, who has been wildly disappointing. I mean, at, at least they can slow teams down to kind of muck up a game to where, hey, you, they get a few breaks on offense. They can, you know, win. Um, TCU hasn't sl- shown an ability to muck up a game. And, and that's what worries me. Can yeah, I? Go ahead. They haven't at all. Can I read? I just looked this up because I was interested. EPA per play on defense. Here's the ranking. One, Iowa State. Two, Oklahoma State. Three, Baylor. Four, West Virginia. Five, Oklahoma Six, Texas Tech. Seven, Kansas State. Eight, Texas. Nine, TCU. Ten, Kansas. It's not going to cut it. That That is uh, that is dark. It's not what you want. No. no? So, again, I hate Grant. I don't like being this guy. I don't like this. I don't like the, you know what, TCU won and a win it is a win. But I don't know how many different games I can point out and say, look, if TCU doesn't find a way to pass against a team that's trying to stop the pass, they are not going to achieve what they want to achieve. 
Well, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how many more well, times I can I say I that and how many different ways sorry, I can say I, that. I, you have to figure out the passing offense. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to argue with you here in a minute. That's not the okay. the issue, Parker. The issue is can you – Well, it's, it, it, true. I agree. No, no, I agree with you. Argue with what I just said. I'm frustrated about that. No, no, let me, I, let me, I, I, I'm, I'm also frustrated back. that TCU only threw the ball 10 times against Texas Tech and didn't give the offense an opportunity to – Develop and, and and the fact that well and the fact that all the mm, Parker I don't know if I'm gonna leave this in the podcast no, no, and no. say it okay we'll, I'll mark down the time go ahead and the fact that all the coaches want to talk about is how the rushing game is really good and even you know if you want to pass you're wrong because you don't understand how football works it's like hey man your freaking defense. Just got smoked by Texas Tech. Objectively smoked by a bad Texas Tech team who with a coordinator that you know inside and out with a backup quarterback and they just beat your ass. And you're lucky that their defense is so bad that you could just run over. Well, and so everything you said is correct except for the first part where I was trying to start a quibble. Which is the issue is not that TCU can't pass against a good, uh, a good defense. I mean, that is a issue, but that is not the issue. The issue is that TCU can't stop a cold. I, I mean, listen, I, I know we joke a lot about this, uh, on this podcast about, well, you know, running is bad, you know, ha, 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 whatever. It's not that running is bad. It's that running has a lower ceiling than passing, right? And, and that it, it's hard to sort of build an offense around a run for a scheme when you're running on the spread, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's not the issue for TCU this season. The issue for TCU this season is that they have a stable of good running backs, that they have a line that apparently, I guess, can block well enough for them to, you know, make hay. They have a quarterback that has issues, but if you scheme something his way, he'll be able to throw over the middle. The issue is that they can't stop anybody. That's the issue. It, it, it comes down to that. If, if TCU literally yeah. again, like against SMU, which again you can you can beat Texas. Bijan Robinson didn't exactly beat you. Like that's fine. I, I, I mean, against I, SMU, I'll, I'll qualm. I'll, I, wow. I, but there was like the penalty and the, the special teams turnover and everything. The turnovers beat you. It's not like it's not like TCU lined up and and everything was normal and equal, and Bijan Robinson just ran over them. That's that's not I, what happened. He did. He <laughs> ran well. Well, the issue is that it's third and six, and you know Bijan Robinson is running it, and you can't stop him from doing it. Like that's the issue. You're right. The issue is like SMU. You should have beaten SMU. You should have gotten one more stop. Your offense was torching them, and 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 a white guy with a freaking neck roll, you couldn't tackle him. Like you just could, you just couldn't tackle him. It wasn't any kind of scheme thing. It wasn't a fit thing. It was like your players just cannot do it. That's where we're at. Yeah. Which is, which is, again, like, it, it, it's not can you beat someone through the air. It's can you stop anybody. And, um, well, who's coming to town? Which is, what, I mean, that's, I mean what, that's, yeah. what I, that's what I was saying about, like, is this defense, is this offense good enough to compete for the second spot in the Big 12 yeah. championship? Sure. The defense, no. The defense literally can't line up and stop people. Yeah, and that's a weird spot to be in. I mean, look, Kenny Hill was a good well, when that's your calling card, yeah, it's a well, weird spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But like even his like, Kenny Hill was a above average quarterback. Kenny Hill's been unfairly maligned, right, for his college career at TCU. He couldn't throw an out route for someone with an eye problem. 
And the way he was used at TCU, yes, he has been unfairly maligned. For someone that couldn't throw a 15-yard out, he has been very unfairly maligned. It's kind of unfair to make fun of Kenny Hill because he couldn't see super well, and they were like, hey, throw it to this 5-2 guy in the middle of the field. That's like the worst of all. You think we're joking, but we're not. Like, we're very much not joking. Um, But, like, the defense kept that season, or kept that team into the Alamo Bowl, right, where they came back and beat Stanford, whatever. Um, in the Alamo Bowl against Oregon, they let them run all over, but when the backup center came in and they couldn't snap, whatever. Um, and then Boykin, obviously, they carried them into Peach Bowl. I mean, every, every facet of that team was outstanding. Well, that, that okay, that's, well, that's a different podcast to talk about the magic of Hugh Freeze being a dick and Gary Patterson being like, we got left out of the playoff. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Leave that that's in. Like, that's you know, fine. The Peach Bowl, the, the Peach Bowl um, win was, we are very angry and you don't yeah. care. That's and, yeah, we're, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that you're right. The narrative around TC football is that, hey, the def- it's going to be a defense first team. It's not that team this year. It hasn't been in a couple of years previous. But – a lot of – I don't say this in a mean way, but a lot of the TCU fandom, a lot of the TCU you know, people in the stands still think of the team that way. Um, I'm not calling them like I'm – not, I'm not saying anything bad about them, and I think that's a totally fair perception. But this year it's not that. What worries me – Right, well, and that's well, – Sorry, I, I, oh, I have one please, sentence that I want to bring this home with. Come on. No, 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 go ahead. You're it. great. What worries me is that the coaching staff still thinks it's the same way. Yep, that's what okay. I was going to say. It's like, Grant, so the, the Rose Bowl season, right? Yeah. What a lot of people think happened was that TCU's offense with Andy Dalton and Justin Fuente was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And what really happened is it was pretty, it was pretty okay, and the defense was just absolutely oh, lights nice. out. And so when you're making people punt every every drive sure you're going to get some big returns you remember the jerry Cur- jeremy curly chant and, and curly's great yeah. they keep playing yeah, the nfl yeah. a little bit like it's not a um jeremy curly dunked on me in the rec center one time it was amazing <laughs> um but 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 so people think like oh this offense was lights out and that no like tcu the the speed baby right like speed baby comment was not about tcu receivers running past people that was defense like the way this team has worked under Gary Patterson has been the defense is frustrating and then the offense is good enough. Yep. And, 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 and they've had trouble with the offense being good enough the last four years. And this year, the offense is finally good enough because college football is a game of development. And, and again, like we said all along, Grant, Max Duggan, uh, can you hear it raining outside? I hope that's not can bad you hear the for the train horn? Yeah, no, we're fine. Go ahead. It's been a long, hard summer, man. Uh, that was a Robert Orkeen reference. Well, I was going to say, uh, the, uh, <laughs> last time we had pork for supper, and tomorrow it, I'll be chicken consomme, but anyway. Is, is, it, is it funny if I explain my jokes? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, but college football is a game of development. You have a mature quarterback. You've got a lot of skill talent. Even if your offensive line is absolute garbage, you've figured out a way to keep seven guys in protection and still you know, move the ball here and there. Um, TCU's offense is good enough. TCU's defense is not the anchor that it was, and that's... That's the problem, um, Grant. We're we're gonna hit twenty eight. We're gonna hit I thirty know, minutes here. We should we should transition out of this doomsday 
Let's preview Oklahoma. How does that sound? I thought we were transitioning out of a doomsday. Well, I don't, I don't know. Is it going to be a doomsday? Yeah, man, it is. I think it's going to be another. I think it's going to be another disappointing loss. But I don't think it's going to be a doomsday. I do. Parker, give me the. Uh, give me what I need to know. Okay, what you need to know here is that uh, one shout out to the student journalist oh, okay. who did some damn reporting. Can I can I talk about this for a minute? Please okay. do. Can, can I actually ask? Yeah. Leave this in the podcast. That's fine. It's raining really hard. No, is that messing up my no, microphone no, at all? Okay, great, wonderful. Um. So yeah, so an Oklahoma student journalist uh, climbed. Er, maybe two, I know there was a reporter and editor involved, um, just went up to a public building and looked over the Oklahoma practice field and saw the Kate, uh, golly, I can't even, I can't even use the Casey Thompson. It's Williams. Casey Williams? Caleb Williams. Casey Thompson. I know. I want to say Casey Thompson every time. Uh, Caleb Williams was practicing with the ones and Spencer Rattler was practicing with the twos. Read that story. Also talked to Spencer Rattler's dad, which is, hilarious uh, and to the, but that's that's, that's journalism, journalism baby. baby and and to this kid i say congratulations man i mean that's look we take this stuff very seriously it but at the end of the day it is sports um it's not like he like cracked the enigma code and then like printed it and let the germans know you know what i mean like, like he like did everything completely public, wrote it, and said, hey, this is how we got this information, and just said, hey, we saw uh, Kayla Williams practicing with the ones. And as a result, Oklahoma canceled every media availability until Saturday afternoon after the game. After uh, Saturday post-game against TCU, and that game starts at 6.30, so that would have been 10 o'clock. Um, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It's really cool. This guy should win a journalism award. Uh, if this would have happened at TCU, there would have been like <laughs> it would have been like a red spot on the guy's chest as he walked home to his dorm. Uh, it it um, it's awesome. Okay, wait. Can I push back on that? I don't think it's any different at Oklahoma than it is at at, at TCU. I t- I tweeted this out earlier today. I don't know if there's a coaching combination that's more concerned with proprietary information than these two than than Riley and, and Patterson. Well, the difference is that there's no like higher ground, I, I guess, in Fort Worth. But. I don't know. I think some of the so Grant, it's been it's been a minute since I've since I've been uh, on campus as a student. But that that new dormitory oh, yeah. or the parking garage, I think you just walk up there and see the practice field pretty easily. What are you doing next Saturday? If you're a student, if you're a student at TCU, and you send me on Twitter a DM of a picture of the practice field from either of those locations, I'll buy you a beer if you're 21. <laughs> yeah, DM me as well. Anyway, point is, shout out to this kid. Um, no, absolutely props, because what, what, what do you have to gain? What do you possibly have to gain, Grant? I, the opposite. What do you have to lose? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like all you've done is shown that all you've done is shows you're willing to put in the work. Like, and by put in the work, I mean, no, not not. What do you have to gain, the journalist? What do you have to gain, Lincoln oh, Riley? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from hiding information. No, no, I'm I'm oh, on the yeah, kids' yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. I'm pro right, kid right. journalist yeah, here. So yeah. I, I know you are, but like, everyone knows Caleb Williams is starting. 
He came back. Like, Absolutely. There's no world where you can run Spencer Rattler back out. Nope. Um, can I tell yeah. you something that I heard this offseason that I didn't really want to believe, but it's true? I heard Spencer Rattler watched his own highlights. And so, like, I had some Oklahoma people who were like, we know this is going to come to an end. We know Caleb's going to take over. And I'm shocked. I did not believe it at all. But I understand it. Lincoln, it's, it's, not an, it's not an ability issue, right? But it's 100% who is Lincoln Riley curious about. Here's the thing. If I was, if I was recruiting against Lincoln Riley ever, this would be my absolute like hallmark. Yeah, man. Lincoln's telling you about his stuff. But the first second he doubts you, he's going to bench you and banish you. Like, I, do you want that? Do, do you want to go in an environment where the coach is going to be like, as long as you're useful to me, I support you. And the second I doubt that, screw you. I think this is a huge, huge advantage for other teams. I agree. Um, in defense of Spencer Rattler, um, in terms of watching... Highlights are dope. Highlights I understand. Dope. I've like reread pieces I've written like wow i was really good at that like several times so i can't necessarily disagree with him um parker tell me what i needed about oklahoma please i'm dying okay because i I can't get a read on this team they're good i just want to objectively say they're good they've underperformed their first game so i I, it's weird because i can explain some of this away right so their first game against tulane they looked a little bad. Tulane, hurricane game, had a lot of intrigue. Chip Long knows what he's doing. Uh, Chip Long, Chip Lindsay. Chip Long might have been a... Uh, Chip Long's an incredible friend name. Friend of my dad from, I don't, uh, from high school. Did, did, I'm pretty sure Chip, Long, Chip Long's son went to high school with me. That's that's what I, I think is Did true. you play backyard football on the computer when you were a kid? I did. I have played yeah. backyard uh, football. You, uh, the color announcer was Chuck Downfield. And that always made me mad. Uh, <laughs> Chip Long is. <laughs> I am mad. I'm mad that in 2018, when I joined the hellhole website that is Twitter, I didn't make my name <laughs> Chuck Downfield. Chip Long is Chuck Downfield's kicker cousin. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so go ahead. Um, Chip Long, uh, Chip Lindsay. Uh, Tulane being good. Here we are. Okay, oh, yeah, I'm landing. Yeah, yeah. Nebraska, Land they were like Scott Frost rally game, whatever. So I can explain a lot of this. Texas, Red River, River, whatever. Oklahoma is 31st in EPA per margin. Grant, they're 17th on offense, which is a little bit below yeah, what low. I would expect. But they're 90th on defense. Grant, this was supposed to be the, the, the Alex Grinch yeah. year. Look at this split, dude. Against the rush, ninth, negative 0.185 EPA per play. Against the pass, 119th, 0.309. They're letting people drop bombs against them. Grant, boo, boo Bookie Radley Hines left, and they got worse <laughs> against the pass. How the hell did that happen? That can't be possible. I mean, yeah, but then you look at, again, PFF isn't everything, but you look, you know, Pat Fields, the starting safety is a 42.7 to 41 performance coverage. Uh, they're two starting. No, no man is an no island. No man is an man. island. But uh, DJ Graham and Jaden Davis both in the backfield. Uh, Justin Broyles not great. Um, I, yeah, there's just uh, and look, Billy Bowman is a hell of an athlete. I'm a big Billy Bowman fan. I, I watched him play a team I covered, Parker, in the uh, 
Texas high school football playoffs, uh, Billy Bowman playing for Denton Ryan. It's the most incredible high school football performance I've ever seen. Um, kid's an athlete. He, he's just young. He's getting adjusted. And he's, I think he's had to play more probably than Oklahoma would want him to. Um, but they're getting beat up on the back end, man, and it's not pretty. Can I just um, – can I take a, take a moment here to just read a tweet from – I'm not even going to read who it's from. You know who it's from. Oh, please uh, do. I know what this is. Halfway through halfway through Red River rivalry, there's a picture of B. John Robinson stiff-arming the ever-love out of Billy Bowman. And it happens. You're in a bad position, whatever. And this tweet says, Billy Bowman did that to himself, man. He was committed to Texas and had a chance to either play on offense with Bijan or only get embarrassed and practice behind closed doors. This is the consequence of his choice. Yeah, I saw that tweet too. Um, listen, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, let's, okay, since, since we started talking about Billy Bowman, do you want to just go ahead and talk about the Oklahoma defense? Because um, outside of Nick Benito, Parker, boy, it's, it's a tough scene. I think Isaiah Thomas is pretty good. So, yeah, yes. great point guard for the Detroit, Detroit Pistons back in the day. Okay, all right, all right. Um, what I think is interesting is their their EPA is worse than their success rate. Grant, so that means that they're when they're giving up big, like they're giving up big plays. They're prone to big plays, especially through the pass. They're ninetieth in success rate uh, against the pass, fifty first in success rate against the rush. Grant. 2.58 points per drive, which is 96th in the nation. That is not good. Um, I think this defense, we, we had heard a lot about how Alex Grinch finally got rid of the Stoops recruits. He finally had his guys in there. And they, they've been underwhelming. They haven't been, I don't think they're as bad. I mean, I don't think they're the 90th worst team in the nation, right? But they've been situationally really bad. And, and this is a team I think that TCU can pass on. TCU 20th in EPA per pass, Grant. Um, 20th in EPA per pass in the year 2021. That's wild. I know. The year of our Lord. Um, but but so I, I, I think this unit is really interesting to me because they're so talented. They have absolute freaks along the defensive line. They have no linebackers to speak of. And they have a bunch of four-star athletes in the secondary who maybe aren't yet that good at being secondary defenders. Right. Here's what worries me, Parker, is that I agree that TC probably has the talent on the outside to get past, uh, and at running back as well, to sort of kind of have those, those you know, little uh, kick-out routes and check-downs and all that to, to make hay against the linebackers in the secondary. But, Parker, Oklahoma's really good up front. And TCU's really bad up front. And Max may be running for his life. And I don't care, you know, how good you scheme, how good you whatever. Um, when your quarterback's running for his life, that's going to make passing really tough. Look, man, uh, you, I, I, you I, say I, I running for his life. Max Duggan calls statement. that Tuesday. Well, yes. Uh, the man was born to run. But uh, I'm trying to think of a country music lyric here. and I'm, I'm failing badly. But, um, Are you thinking of the Bruce Springsteen song? <laughs> 
Well, I know, no, Bruce Springsteen's, yeah, I know what Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run is, a-hole. I just mean, I think there's a country music lyric that would fit better. Oh my gosh, can you imagine being my friend in high school before I had the filter of knowing that that was stupid? Like, I would say that in earnest. Good lord. Um, do you see how, do you see uh, how I you dunked on you, but then I dunked on myself, so it, it's, it's That's good, yeah. Self-deprecation is, is the key. Um, all I'm saying is that I, I, I'm worried about TC's ability to sort of create any big plays downfield just because the Oklahoma pass rush can be really disruptive and the, and the TCU offensive line can be – what's the opposite of disruptive? Corruptive? Um, Accommodating. Accommodating. Everyone is extremely gruntled here, Jan. <laughs> A real word, by the way. A real word, not used enough. hilarious um gen- generally um uh yeah I-, I think this unit is better than their stats but i do think there are some areas where tcu can really match up so grant do you have do you have their coverage grades and grades in front of you i don't want to i don't want to read anything off so I do. tell me tell I me do. about their cornerbacks i want to let you do that yeah okay um so <clears throat> here's the deal with oklahoma's cornerbacks so they're their three main starters are, are Bowman, uh, DJ Graham, and Jane Davis. Um, uh, respectively, uh, Bowman's coverage grade is a is a sixty one point seven. DJ Graham's is sixty five point eight, and Jane Davis is a fifty one point eight. Not good. No, um, really not good. And if you look at who they've played, like Worthy had a huge game, two hundred plus yards against them. Look at the rest of their schedule, and it's not like they've played these menacing wide receivers, right? Right. I think and I think you could argue with Texas, but generally I would say TCU is second best, if not best, wide receiver unit that Oklahoma has played. Yeah, he's and, and TCU is objectively Davis. deeper than Texas. Grant, I'm so sorry. I think you're a little low in my headphones. I'm going to turn you up. I don't mean to keep oh, interrupting. I'm sorry, you. I'm sorry, man. My bad. My bad. Um, I, I don't mean to keep interrupting. So- you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. By all means, Parker, no one interrupts me enough in my daily life. Um, Max doesn't bark, so it's very nice. Um, but Jaden Davis has been targeted 15 times. He's allowed 12 receptions. He's only broken up one pass. He's allowed three touchdowns. He's allowed 117 yards after the catch. That's not great. Yeah, yeah it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, I mean, Billy Bowman... Uh, has been targeted, what, uh, 19 times, allowed 10 catches. DJ Graham's been targeted 22 times, allowed 13. Parker, um, per PFF, quarterbacks targeting Jaden Davis have a perfect passer rating, 158. Oh. Uh, Passer rating is nonsense, but if you're at the tail end of it, it's good. It's complete nonsense, but if you're allowing a perfect one, that's generally a bad sign. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. One, um, so, yeah. one thing I'm interested in, Grant, is like I feel like they – look, there are some names here that I think have NFL caliber that have underplayed so far this season. And so I don't know if I expect them to regress positively or if maybe they're just having down years. But like Pat Fields and Isaiah Thomas have 15 missed tackles between them. Those are two yeah. NFL names, right? Like, Yeah, they are. They are. And, and, and I think the uh, Larry Turner Yale has NFL potential. Um, as is Billy Bowman, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that aren't playing to their potential. I, it's weird because I wouldn't chalk that up to Alex Grinch, who I think is a good defensive coordinator. I just think it's a, it's just really weird. 
like it, that's the analysis I have is, is that I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know why this unit isn't better. Um, yeah, I, I, cause it was supposed to be right. Like I, for all the jokes about right. like 2020, well, it wasn't jokes. This is what we heard. It was, it was accurate. It was real and they were, they were lies, but, um, 2021 is the year for TCU. 2021 was the year for Oklahoma's defense and they just have not, yeah. uh, they, they really haven't been inspiring. Um, Overall, and so that's something to look yeah. at because I think that TCU maybe Grant for the first time in this game's history, given where TCU's so with with Lincoln Riley. So when I say history, I mean with Lincoln Riley as the coach, where TCU's offense is and where Oklahoma's defense is, this is the first time that TCU's offense has had a decided advantage over Oklahoma's defense. Decided, I'm, I'm comfortable think, saying it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And even if it is not what this podcast may necessarily prescribe, I mean, if TC wants to run the ball third times against Oklahoma and, and or fifty times against Oklahoma and, and gain yards on the ground, I'm all for it. And, and and you know, take their spots in the passing game. I mean, this is the first time TCU I think may be able to keep up with Oklahoma on offense. The problem is that can the TCU defense stop the Oklahoma offense? Well, one, one thing I'm, yes, I agree with that. Can I, can I do one more thing about the defense before we pull sure. over? Yeah. Because again, I have it um, from the horse's mouth that if you pass too much when the defense is giving you the run, that's bad. And, and, and Texas lost because they passed too much in the second half. So it is a, I, 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 I will say something. Go ahead. That's correct. That's correct. It's completely correct. I'm not making any statements about that. I'm just saying that TCU's coaching staff believes that Texas lost because they passed too much against Oklahoma. And their passing rate did go up in the second half. Absolutely. And I think they invented a Casey Thompson thumb injury uh, to try and... I'm not... All I'm saying is that that is actually correct. I've made no value judgments here. And so I know you haven't. I'm just saying. Here's that's the thing about common knowledge, Grant. Common knowledge in game theory. I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that you know. And, and added infinitum, right? Like if I know, well, yeah. if I know, given circumstances, and and I think that they know. That TCU is like, hey, man, we're not going to pass because it's too volatile and because Texas lost because they passed too much. I wonder what they're going to do. Oklahoma last year, last week shifted Isaiah Thomas from interior to boundary, and that effed yeah. Texas up. And I imagine they have that in their back pocket. I think that they have some defensive wrinkles to address a team that is going to normatively commit to one thing. So in the first half, Sark was pretty agnostic and was like, yeah. whatever you're going to give me, I'm going to take. And in the second half, he was like, hey, I want to twist the knife. I want to pull ahead, which I like. I don't know if we'll talk. That, that's a different podcast. But generally, given the fact that like Zach Evans hasn't been able to take a full workload this entire season. I, I'm intrigued by what has Oklahoma is going to be able to do against the rush. Has it been able or hasn't been asked? I've heard different things, man. I'm this isn't a scoop. I'm so repeating I. what I'm repeating no, 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 what Jeremy so and I. Jeff said on yeah. their podcast, so I'm not I don't have inside info on this. But like evidently Applewhite got in trouble because he pulled Evans 
in the Cal game. Cal? Yeah, Cal game. Um, and then and, and and I don't want to do this on the podcast. There might be no, normative no, no, no. He, reasons why Evans I'm, might not I'm be gonna, yeah, yeah. 100% a whole game. That's all. Yeah. So I'll say two things. One serious and one a joke. Um, the serious one is that, look, Kendra Miller is a really good backup. He's great. He's I, fine. I, I, He's, I, I, yes. And that is... I, and that is not a derogatory no. label. Like he is an absolutely incredible backup running back. Um, other than Roshan I, Johnson, Xavier White, Kendrick Miller is third best backup. I take him over Eric Gray. I take him over Tristan Ebner. Yeah. yeah. He, yes, an extremely good backup. And, and again, that is not a mean thing to say at all. I, I don't want that to be a hmm. a denigration of Kendrick Miller. The joke thing to say is, well, Parker. That's why TC only passed ten times against that. They're hiding. You see. I had to take it to breath. I'm going to count to 10 backwards. Um, okay, well, that's not going to make for very good audio. Here's so the thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing. You have to have live reps. You Like, if you don't pass against Texas Tech because you're worried that Texas Tech's vaunted pass defense. <laughs> no, it, it's, that, it's that, you know, you don't want to give away too much on film. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's, can we talk about the Oklahoma offense? No, yes. Well, here's what I'll say. If um, Grant, if I have to fight a kindergartner, and I please, know that I'm going to fight a fight the 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 Purple Theory podcast does not endorse fighting kindergartners unless you are a fellow kindergartner and he steals your lunch money. No, 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 no. I work for a school. Don't fight a kindergartner. Look, man, don't don't take crap from uh, from kids. Um, okay, if 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 me as a grown man had to fight a kindergartner. And next week, I knew I had to fight a professional kickboxer. And I knew I could just punch this kindergartner because he's an idiot to death, right? I'm not going to kill this kindergartner. They're going to call the fight before that. Everyone chill. And I just punched this kindergartner over and over again. And then I beat him convincingly. And then I felt good about myself. What's going to happen next week when I go face the kickboxer? I'm going to get kicked in the face because I haven't practiced any of this stuff. In any kind of real pressurized environment. Okay. That's real. And so we look at TCU last week. They beat a kindergartner. Texas Tech, especially without Tyler Shuck, is an awful team. They're awful. Yeah. And and they didn't practice any of their passing attack because they were scared that they were going to throw. And they, again, vote of confidence for Max, whatever. They've wasted Max. I'm fine to say that. They've ruined him. But he is their quarterback right now. They, they, no vote of confidence. No, let's work on what you like. And then know that if everything goes wrong, we can just run the ball and score. And he's going to go into Oklahoma with doubts about the passing game. Yeah. It's terrible. Let's talk about the offense. I could, I could talk about this. Yeah, I, let's I, talk I, about I the know. offense. Let's talk about it. I know, because I was about to divert that into a larger tangent. But okay, let's talk about That's the, a different podcast. That's offseason stuff. We'll come back it, to that. It, it's, it's a annoying. different podcast. It, I'm going to ask you something mean. Can I say one thing and, and then move on to the defense Please. and not ask you to respond? Okay, all I'm saying is that if TCU wants to be a running team, I'm totally okay with that. If TCU wants to, hey, we're going to give the ball to Zach Evans 25 times a game and Kendra Miller 15 times a game and Amari Di Mercado 
five to ten times a game. Totally fine with that. And we'll let Max make plays on his feet. We'll let Max, you know, make his judgment, whatever, and throw when he has to. That's totally fine. The problem is that they don't have an identity, and that's what makes me mad. It's not that I'm diametrically opposed to the run. It's not that I'm dead sold on Max being, you know, the end-all, be-all of this team. It's that he has the potential to be something. The running game has the potential to be something, and neither of them are being asked to extend themselves to their full potential. It Can changes we from week to week. Offense? I totally agree. I totally yes. agree. Okay. It's, okay. It is, it is entirely yes. focused I, on just, what does the opposing defense do? It's not what do we want to do. Yes, absolutely it, agree. It's, it, there's, okay. okay. Okay, Oklahoma's um, offense. Go ahead. 17th in EPA per play, 13th in success rate uh, for the pass, 11th in success rate for the rush, 34th in EPA per pass, 18th in EPA per rush. Echo rate, Grant, that quality possession measure, they're 16th, but they're only 33rd in points per echo. So they, they have been foiled in scoring opportunities. Um, they, they avoid third downs with a passion. Grant, they're 25th in, in f- percent of first downs coming on first and second down. Only 37th in early downs EPA. So it's not like they're always taking shots on early downs, but they can move the ball. And then on third and fourth downs, they're 34th. Uh, 31st, 47.76% conversion. So this tells me a story of a very talented offense that maybe has some some issues of implementation and scheme that they don't like uh, and they haven't figured out yet, but they can bail themselves out pretty well on third downs when they fail and get there. It's not like they get there very often. Yeah, and, th- and that's because we talked about this ad nauseum, and we don't need to break down Oklahoma's scheme right now. It's because they have an incredibly talented run game based around counter and based around the ability to, to hand the ball off to someone and let him, whether it's Kennedy Brooks, whether it's whoever, run around tackle and make a play. Um, and I hate, I hate to be reductive, and I hate to make it that simple, but the fact is that Lincoln Riley is very good at calling the run game. As, as much praise as he gets with his passing game, his innovation, whatever, the strength of the Oklahoma team is getting yards on the ground to set up big plays in the passing game where you can throw to Marvin Mims or whoever, and it, it, it's, it's frustrating in its efficiency. It, it's really incredible. Well, and the fact that they just have this lurking deep threat. So, like, for all their schematic issues and – whatever Spencer Rattler had overall grant, they can just decide like, Hey, we're going to toss it to Marvin Mims. And, and, and look, Mims versus THT is like maybe best on best in the nation. That's maybe CB number one and wide receiver number one, but still, I don't like those odds of tossing it up there and, and they can just no. do that. If they get bored, they can do it all day. And, and eventually they're going to make, you know, a, a completion, Williams is going to find Mims, and, and Mims is going to make an incredible catch. I mean, he did it against Texas. Uh, he, he's done it against pretty much every team he's ever played against. He did it against every Texas hostile cornerback he played against. I mean, the guy's a track record of being an, an MFer, yeah. uh, of just being a dude. And you, we've talked a lot about dudes. Marvin Mims is a dude, a dude and a half, perhaps. Yeah. And having him as, I, I hate to say it, almost a second option on offense of just being like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to run these you know, really innovative run schemes, and then when we're bored with that, you're just going to make a play. It's such an asset that I, I can't even imagine. Absolutely, and if you look at Grant last, last week, not that the one game versus Texas is a referendum on what Oklahoma is going no. to be, but in the first half, 
their rushing EPA was 0.402 per play. And in the second half, it was 0.624. Most of that second half is driven by Kennedy Brooks scoring the touchdown on the last drive, the last play, which is wild. Also, I will say, I will also say Kennedy Brooks is very good. He's so good. He's great. And people forgot about him because he sat out last year. But if you look at their yeah. passing EPA in the first half, negative 0.304. And in the second half, 0.447. That's entirely a mental thing by Caleb Williams. It's not like they were running super different plays. It's not like they were running an entirely different offense, but what they had was a quarterback who came in and was jowling, right? And their rushing attack was super consistent. Grant, here's the thing. I'll ask this stupidly, and then we'll generalize it. Would you rather have to tackle Ulysses Bentley behind SMU's offensive line or Kennedy Brooks behind Oklahoma's offensive line? I... I think Ulysses Bentley and SMU are really good, and I'd rather tackle Ulysses Bentley 10 times out of 10. And so that's what I'm worried about is, like, everything we've talked about might be moot because Oklahoma could just run Kennedy Brooks 60 times this game and beat TCU by 40. Yeah, that's the problem is that I I, I don't – I mean, THT is very good. D. Winters can make plays, whatever. But I I, I, I don't – I don't see TCU being able to tackle Oklahoma skill players. Straight up. Um, aside from THT, and and honestly, can I give D Winters credit? D Winters has a really hard job this year. Yeah, I'm no, not. No, I know that's that's what that's why I said his name. Yeah, like he he's 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 on an island. No man is an island, but but he he's worse than an island. He's like tied to the six players around him who don't do crap. What do we? Yeah, what do we even do anyway, with TCU's offensive anyway. line? What are we even doing? Or defensive line, you mean? Well, well both. But yes, defensive line. In well, this situation. yes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, is Parker. I mean, do you see Kari Coleman? Do you see O'Shawn Mathis? Um, can I, can I, I just know. say again, oh, the, the nonsense about Dylan Horton that we heard this summer and the fact that this— no, We don't have to do this no, again. No, we do. We do because I'm going to get worse about this. The fact that, like, journalists – I'm not a journalist, and I like people associated with TCU who are journalists, but the fact that journalists just freaking repeated the Dylan Horton nonsense, that's absurd. Um, and the fact that, like, Kari okay. Coleman is obviously hurt. He's not 100%. Also, last year, he was only good against bad teams. And the fact that we've heard for the last 15 months that this kid is amazing – like – I, th- that is it, just absurd it's, to it's, me. It's, fr- it's frustrating. We don't have to go down this rabbit hole. It's frustrating because all the bad teams TCU played last year were at the end of the year. And, and Carter played great against those teams, like, undoubtedly. He played so fine against Texas and then great against everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you think, okay, great. Well, he's, he's turned around. You know, not turned around, but found it, right? And so oh, he's going to be a, you know, a world beater going into 2021. I, those are unfair expectations. I mean, O'Shawn Mathis should be the senior leader of this defensive line, and he probably hasn't been. The interior is a mess, and, and Kari's been hurt. And so we're stuck in this scenario where we're just waiting for someone to break out, and, and honestly, none of them are. And against an offense like Oklahoma where, hey, maybe they're not clicking like they have been in previous years. There's no Baker Mayfield. There's no uh, Kyler Murray. You know, Spencer Rattler is better last year than he is this year, whatever. Um Grant Calcaterra, now plays for SMU, all that. But 
they're still really good and the offensive line is good and they know how to run innovative run schemes and nine out of 11 players on the defense i wouldn't trust to tackle anybody it's not a good sign no i don't i don't feel great about it i think that i'm in a weird position where i think that oklahoma's defense is exploitable and i'm not sure tc is going to exploit it yeah yeah no i think it's a good way to put it i i, I think lincoln riley would love to exploit something I, uh, yeah i i i I don't have very high hopes. Let's talk about this song. One, or I was going to say, let's talk about this game. Two, let's talk about the best Oklahoma song. But we did that last year. And so my my instincts right now to talk about country music are kind of lame. I want to point out your tweet about Oklahoma breakdown and how funny that is to say that Texas had an Oklahoma breakdown last week. For the listeners... When I went up for the TCU Texas game, Parker played Oklahoma Raytown like eight times. Oh, look, in the car. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. Look, you guys know, um, uh, you never even called me by my name by David Allen Coe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So he's like, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song. Third verse, like a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote uh, that yeah, song. Yeah. He told me it was the perfect country and western song. <laughs> he didn't say anything about trucks. Or prison, or trains, or mama. And then he writes that mama verse. Mama, getting drunk. Getting drunk. Yeah. And he writes this amazing verse back to him. And, and and Oklahoma Breakdown is that kind of country song. Because, Grant, the first verse says, well, it's Friday. It's Friday. And we're getting tore up. We're getting torn up. And the third verse says, well, it's Friday, and we're done getting tore up. I, so Oklahoma Breakdown is probably like number three three on my list I, I i can't i can't put it past okay whiskey by jason Eady, and i can't put it past tulsa time oh but okay but here's the thing bird hunters by turnpike troubadour counts well yeah that's I mean, it that's the best one like Cherokee that's count. you're right you're right you're right that's the best I, one that honestly that, cherokee by is, john moreland i'm a little recency bias but dude there's been some freaking deep songs about oklahoma honestly I, i'm gonna good I, lord glory by Oklahoma, where he's like, your brother told me if he's gonna if he, here, uh, if he if, he, if I just had foot in Southern County, your brother said he'd break yeah, my jaw, but here I sit with jaw. Yeah, he's sitting in Southwest daughter in Southwest Arkansas. I Bird Hunters, ha- this is devolved. Bird Hunters is like the biggest song, but like it's very much like, hey, from the beginning, this is a big song, and it hits on every note. Um, going back to Cherokee County, fantastic. I, honestly, I mean. Easton and Maine on the Canes barbecue floor, you know, uh, soaking up a bourbon stain. Uh, Adam Carroll, you know, Oklahoma you know, Gypsy Street. Shuffler. There's been a ton. O- okay. Say what you will Oklahoma about Gypsy Oklahoma, Sh- but damn. Oklahoma Gypsy Shuffler's a perfect song. Okay, I said this last like, year. I'm going to say it again. Notes. From memory, the country music line. This is exactly like my friend Steve Goodman writing a country music song and not saying anything about trucks or trains or mama or prison or getting drunk. He has a lyric and he says... Snorting cocaine off a buck. Off a buck, no. <laughs> three, yeah, oh, three, two, drink and playing four, four, four times. Tried his best, but he could never act right with a honky tonk angel hanging on every line. I've never been to honky tonk in my entire life. That song speaks to my soul. <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, rocking down the back roads of Muskogee, slipping it to some old Hasey's wife. Oh it, my gosh, so good. God bless Oklahoma. Uh, uh, for all the times okay. that I slipped into some hazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Anyway, Stats uh, War Stats War endorses <laughs> monogamy. Please take me out of this, Grant. Do you want to do best case, worst case? I do. Why don't what, you okay. pull up the, my tweet about the TCU Oklahoma predictions? Let's trade off because we have 32 comments. So I'm going to read a couple of these. You read a couple of these. Okay. It's great. Um, all right. Hold on. Cool. I'm on your Twitter page right now. Um, I, do you have your EPA prediction real quick? Yeah, I do. So, so strict model. No, no, no filter. Yeah. Whatever. Strict model. Oklahoma 37.79. TCU. 29.27. That's TCU covering 11. The line, I think, 11 and a half is the line when I tweeted this out. So I don't know what the line is right now. but I'm, pull, I'm, I'm pulling up lines uh, right now. Um, Parker, okay, go ahead and give us some some, some listener predictions if you have it pulled up. I'm, I'm pulling okay. Lines right uh, I, en- I can do that. If enemy of the podcast, Shehan Jayaraja, says OU 45, TCU 21. Um. Mason okay. Treen is a scoundrel, and his his prediction will not be read. Ten uh, Twelve Network says OU forty one, TCU twenty eight. Cyan uh, says, "Don't see how the frogs can keep up, especially with how banged up they are and Max's continued struggles." Thirty eight twenty one, Cyan, go jump in a lake. Guitars and Cadillacs, etc. <laughs> Who has? Can I? I'm just going to take a detour. His 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 at is Junior Wanamaker, and so that's a reference to Wayman C. Wanamaker Junior, who's a character in Louis Grizzard's stories. Just excellent, excellent handle. Very very good Americana. I, so, so, uh, it's great. So can, can I tell you my my preppy country club background here? I thought it was a reference to the Wanamaker Trophy, which is given to the champion of the, uh, of the PGA Championship. No, you're a Yankee. Oh, that's but. fine. Um, I'm from Bay City. This is my favorite one, and I'll let you if you if you have any to hop in. Not that Robert Graves says Oklahoma 38, TCU 35. Neither team is very good defensive, but both are light years better at defense than Texas. <laughs> yep. No, no. I, I think we. I think we can love it. it there. Um, oh no, no. I, I have a favorite one. Um, Jonah went uh, frogs by ninety. My favorite. I love that. Uh, I love that. Shout out to yeah, so shout that. out to Zane, who's who's always commenting and stuff. He says thirty one seventeen. Dalton server says thirty eight twenty four TCU. Grant, I'm not seeing anyone. Uh, Cody Smith says OU fifty two TCU thirty one. He's the only one I see right now that has TCU more than thirty points. Yeah, I. So the line. No, Max Max 13. Turner has fifty eight thirty one Oklahoma. Yeah. The, the line I have right now is TC or sorry Oklahoma thirteen and a half. Um, that's a lot of points. Thirteen and a half. A lot of points. That's a lot of points. Two touchdowns for the listeners, and I'll try to cut this out. Max is currently playing with a bottle cap, um, but it's keeping you from tearing up my carpet, so I'll allow it. Um, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and go best case here, Parker. Let's do it. Let's um, get into it because I'm seeing a lot of people saying something like 45-17. That's that's the consensus yeah. so far. I, I, and I think that's a bit pessimistic. That's doomsday for sure. That's doomsday. I, I, no, I wouldn't say doomsday. I, I could think of a worse case worse than that. But um, I'm asking myself: Is there a world where TCU wins this game? Right, because that would have to be best case. You're giving me a look that I'm giving myself internally. I think there is, 
But I, I want to stress that this is a, like, when I say best case, this is like a one or two out of a hundred scenario. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think it's I think it's 28-27. Interesting. So TCU scores four. TCU scores then, four touchdowns, and they hold OU to field goals on two drives. Twice. Yeah, yeah. And, and okay. Burkett, she's a, re- a really good college kicker, converse, but like, he's a good kicker. Maybe a miss. We need a miss. We need a weird turnover. We need a Vernon, Maybe, a Vernon I, Scott, I, I, I'm getting drafted. TJ Carter needs his Vernon Scott, I'm getting drafted moment. Getting drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think there is a world. I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I think there's a world. I agree. So I think best case scenario for TCU is it is a running battle, right? Yeah. So that's short clock. Yeah. And, and I think it has to be in the 20s. I'm going to go 24-22 TCU is best case scenario. How did they get 22? Uh, they 22 is a touchdown, a touchdown, a field goal, a field goal, and a safety. Max turns okay. the ball over. That's happened. He's going to turn the ball over in close territory and and unlike the SMU game, it's going to actually be in the end zone. It's only going to be two points, and then TCU is going to get a three and out. It's going to be great. You should also add in a late rolling prediction from our friend Colin Post. 31-24 TCU. We admire Colin's optimism, and we respect it. Um, worst case, Parker, I, I think this game can get ugly. I do, because too. I and and speaking of ugly, Colin Post, young, attractive man with a, cute, uh, a future in front of him. Ladies, he's single. Um, this can get <laughs> um, ugly, Grant. This, this can get, this can get like forty-eight, seventeen. What was the? I have to Google this. I'm sorry for the listeners. the The 2018 or 2017? Oh boy. Um, hold on. The the 2017 Big Twelve Championship was like TCU never had a well, shot, no, no, and no, it no, felt no. a little close. No, the Big Twelve Championship wasn't bad. It, no, it was, the, uh, it was the game before that. that was That's bad. what you think, though, but it was bad. No, no, I, I Grant. What was the score I, of that game? Stop! Don't look. What was the score? What do you think the score of that game was? Of the 2017 Big 12 Championship? Yes. Uh, 34-17. No, it was 41-17. Oklahoma scored 17 uh, points in the second half. TCU didn't score any. Oklahoma scored 17 points in the third quarter, and then didn't score any in the fourth quarter. Okay. That no, game that was right, I, very I, I quietly of an ass-kicking. I got off a plane at halftime. Ah. Is what happened. And Jet lag. Like, oh, it happens okay. to all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I was thinking of 2018, which is 52-27, but it was like, it, it wasn't that close. My um, favorite thing about the 2018 game was in the second quarter, TC was kind of close, and then Mike Collins had that weird thing to his hand. And yeah. there were some, there were some jort-wearing Oklahoma fans who – Generally, I like jorts. I like Oklahoma. But these people are just generally unpleasant. And so I was yelling at them about how an Ivy League quarterback was scoring touchdowns against Oklahoma. And then, you know, they beat they, – they, they knocked Mike Collins out of the game. It was, you know, it's terrible. And they turned around and they are like, see, we beat your ass. And I was like, do you feel good about beating an Ivy League quarterback? Is that what you stake your identity? It was, it was a win-win for me. It was so great. It was wonderful. My father-in-law was so embarrassed. Um, I think worst case scenario is that it's 41, 17. I don't think they'll run up the score by any means. I think once they have a comfortable lead, they'll pack it in and, and play around on defense. So 
Uh, I, I, I agree with you there. This is actually a conversation I have with, uh, go with y'all. I, I, I mean, we have a little TCU group text here, but, um, TCU hasn't. For $20, you too can be added to the TCU group text. <laughs> my, my Venmo name is, uh, it, TCU hasn't beaten the top five teams since they beat Oklahoma in 2014. And that's also the last time they beat Oklahoma. Okay. Can I ask you a terrible question? This is, again, I hate yeah. being the well actually guy. No, How many times ahead. have they played a top five opponent since then? Well, Oklahoma every year. Once, much yeah, I mean, yeah. So they haven't uh, yeah, beaten Oklahoma no, since Silver. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the I, same I, I as saying I, I they guess, haven't beaten Oklahoma since Trevor Knight. I know, fine, 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 fine. But point is, they Grant, haven't. No one Oklahoma likes me. I don't like me either. I understand. I know. I know, but but I'm just saying they haven't beaten Oklahoma since 2014. That and, means they uh, haven't beaten a top five team on the road ever. I don't know. I don't know. Who <laughs> can say? Uh, what was Utah ranked? Was Boise? Day? Boise uh, had to be top ten. In 2011, I, I, I can I can find this out if you would like me to vamp. No, uh, I, I I I can vamp for a second. I'm thinking about Boise State, TCU, 2011. Kyle Bronsman mixes that, misses that to Buffalo Bros. I would like to uh, sincerely apologize. People threw tables. I didn't necessarily throw a table, but I was part of the general ruckus, and I know that was that was uncomfortable. So, thank you to the, our friends at Buffalo Bros who were also very excited about the TCU win and were generally chill about the entire situation. It has to be Boise because three, three versus five Utah was, was at home. BYU yeah. was a top 15 team. I don't think they were it, a top it, 10 team in 2010 or whatever that was. No, no, you're right. So it, wow. You, you nailed it. It was a uh, October 12th, sorry, November 12th, 2011 at Boise state, yeah. 35, 24, Boise state was ranked fifth. Okay. They beat Oklahoma. They were third. Baylor that that year was fifth, and they lost to that. Um, How dare you previous, bring up 2014 in that freaking drive-by? The uh, um, there's nothing else in the TCU media guide. It doesn't. Uh, so in in the Gary Patterson era, they've only beaten two top five teams. The delegate and, from the Democratic uh, People's Republic of Stats War has no comment on this issue. What what is your actual prediction, Parker? I think TCU covers 11 and a half. I don't know what the line is right now. 11 and a half. I think TCU covers. I, I, have, it, I have it at 13 and a half. It's, it's moved. Okay. I, well, TCU definitely covers 13 and a half. I think this is a situation. TCU, th- there's a narrative out there that like Lincoln Riley owns Gary Patterson. And I don't think that is true in any way, shape, or form. I think generally Gary Patterson is very frustrated with Lincoln or um, is very frustrating to Lincoln Riley. And I think that's nowhere uh, more evident than the fact that, like, what do these two guys do every game week? Uh, they, they try and obfuscate. They try and make things about other things than the X's and O's on the field. So, like, Lincoln Riley this year has very successfully made this entire game, uh, this entire game week about this student journalist you know, it's it's not about, hey, who are you going to start? Is Spencer Rattler going to transfer? It's, hey, did this student journalist break any rules by using binoculars? Gary Patterson hilariously, very transparently was like, okay, fine. If Lincoln Riley's not going to name a starting quarterback, then I'm going to say that Max Neither am I. <laughs> not I can't yeah, even say that. Okay. I can't even say that out loud. Good Lord. Um, yeah, I, I think I think words. I, I think my all that to say, Lincoln Riley respects Gary, and Gary respects Lincoln. Like, 
clearly, clearly, yeah. the, Gary is very annoying to Lincoln, and so I, I think they're going to cover eleven and a half. I think they'll cover thirteen and a half for sure. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to not pick them to. Cover. Can I? Sorry, while, while you're thinking about that, can I just put a? No, um, give me what twenty eight to uh, really only twenty eight thirty seven. Twenty eight thirty seven. I am gonna. I don't like myself for this, but I'm gonna oh, no. I'm gonna predict worst case uh, close. To, I'm, I'm gonna say thirty eight seventeen. They have to score more than oh, they have to score more. Do they? I I just can't believe TCU is not gonna score twenty. I don't know. We shall see. We shall. I see. don't know. Um, TCU is gonna have four scoring drives, and and some of those are gonna be touchdowns. We'll figure that out. Um, Let's do, do um, a quick Big Twelve spread, and then and then we'll call it because we are running long. Yeah, hey, if you're if you're still listening at one twenty two, good lord, Maybe. you're great. Yeah, also, we're cutting like ten minutes. Uh, here's what this. I'll say: <laughs> if you're if you're still listening this late into the podcast, um, before the West Virginia game, if you want to get a beer on Friday night, just DM me and say, "Hey, I listened to the podcast. Parker said the word um, persimmon." So if you DM me persimmon, we'll go to the beer on Friday night for the West Virginia. Is that your safe word? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> gross. Ignore that comment from Grant. You just say persimmon. I'll uh, I'll, I'll get a beer on the Friday I, night for uh, West Virginia. Yeah, let's 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 look at the Big Twelve here, Parker. Um, a couple of interesting games, uh, both out of and in conference. Um, I think we should start with the 11 o'clock game, Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas is a five-point favorite, even though they're 13 spots lower than Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I think that um, I really like how Oklahoma State's defense matches up with Texas, and I think the aggregate stats are lagging on Oklahoma I State. I talked about this in depth on the BetUS show. And so go listen to that podcast or, or YouTube uh, clip. It's it's still live. I like Oklahoma State to cover, but I, I still think Texas will win. Okay, that's interesting. I, I I'm picking. I Oklahoma like it. State, I, I mean, right? I mean, uh, we we agree. Me. Oklahoma State yeah. five and five and a half. I'm I'm there. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think they're underrated. It's do you so think weird. Oklahoma State's underrated? I I, I do. And, and here's my thing too: is that I think Texas is a better team than we would like to give them credit for. But I also think Oklahoma State just really matches up well. Yeah, I agree with both and, of those. And I, I, yeah. I know that's, I mean, that, that that's a that, that's a talking head thing to say, but I think they match up well. So yeah. I'll take Oklahoma State there. I, I like that. Um, yeah. BYU is at Baylor. BYU is ranked 19th, Baylor unranked, and yet Baylor is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, the rankings are only so, uh, you know. I have Baylor. No, at, I know. I, I, I just. Th- this is weird. Because I, I like BYU beat Arizona State. Arizona State is a good team. Arizona State, Grant, if you had to gun to my head right now, if I had to pick a Pac-12 winner, I'm going Arizona State. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I think that BYU is uh, fine. I don't think they're great. One thing I look at is that a lot of their offense is driven by Tyler Algier in the yeah. uh, rushing game. And, and, is and Baylor's Al- defense isn't great Can against the rush. Is it Algier or Algar? It, please. I think it's Algar. I, I have good I have good BYU friends. Shout out to Garrett McClintock. Uh, give him hell, Brigham podcast. He we, he and I text about Tyler Algier, Algier a lot. I think it's I Algar, brother. Um, 
Maybe. No, I'm almost positive. But anyway, and, go ahead. Uh, and so, okay. Okay, I'll say that forever now. Allgaier, that's great. Allgaier? I, I, I knew a girl in high school. Her last name was Allgaier, spelled same. What's interesting to me most about this, I think, I, I think I'm going Baylor to cover. Because I think the talent advantage is definitely there for Baylor, especially because I don't, I'm not super impressed by BYU's defense. They're 78th in success rate, and I think Baylor will win outright. I am interested to see Jeff Grimes wasn't the play caller at BYU yeah. for the last two years. And so it'll be interesting to see what they can do, kind of like, hey, we have some inside info about the same offense, right? But there's not the secret sauce at, at, at both places. So I, I think Baylor I think will Baylor wins. I don't think they cover. I think I think six and a half okay. is a lot. Um, I, I, it is. Oh, I see this graphic. I have my graphic. It's only six with the hook there. Yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I, we're talking about it. it's like by a touchdown. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I mean, they'll I, win. You know, lines vary. Whatever. I, I think Baylor's a, a good team. I think it's a better team. Um, I think they win. I, I think with six and a half, I'd take BYU. Um, boy, Texas Tech is playing Kansas, and that is a interesting game parker tech is saved by 16 and a half i i think they cover that but boy if they don't um kirby hookup may be on the phone i'm mostly just interested in how many points texas tech's absolute ass of a defense is going to give up yeah, to kansas like bean is going to have the game my model has this my model has this texas tech 58 kansas 30 and the over is 66 and a half so folks if they gave up 38 points to Kansas, I would die. I would just die on the spot. That would be amazing. Not great. Uh, and then a game for the Sickos at 6.30 is Iowa State favorite six and a half at Kansas State. I think this is actually going to be an excellent game. I Grant, this is going to shock some viewers, some listeners. Iowa State's kind okay. of underrated right now. And I just want to say, this isn't a troll, whatever. Like, I was 100% honest last year when I said Iowa State's overrated. And I'm saying at this point in the season, they are underrated. Kansas State, I want to believe, man. I want to believe in, in what Chris Kleiman has going. And I want to believe in Deuce Vaughn as an explosive threat. I just don't know that they're there. Um, especially on defense. So people want to say, like, oh, Skylar Thompson's out. I just don't know if their defense is good enough, man. And so... I'm taking Iowa State here in a statement win. Iowa State statement win. You want a hot take? Locked and loaded. Kansas State outright. Go on. No! I love it. We disagree. That's great. I think they're going to – I think Kansas State's going to win this. Um, All right. Is there anything else we need to talk about, Parker? I I know you're supposed to drive this bus, but but, uh, is is there anything else here that piques your fancy? No, we could ramble forever. We're down uh, an hour and a half. We're gonna lose some uh, lose some <laughs> subscribers here going this long. Let's get out of here. Make sure you tune into the uh, Bet US show tomorrow noon Eastern. Um, and if you don't tune in, I don't care. Just like the video. Just just subscribe to the channel. Help me out a little bit. Um, we we uh, will be tweeting live during the game. We'll be doing all that stuff this weekend. We'll be back on Sunday. I think I got to think about my life. My life's a little hectic. We'll figure that out. Um, we'll, we'll have a podcast on Sunday, uh, recapping the game, regardless of what happens. I am stats. O war on Twitter. You can find grant at grant McGalliard spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. Make sure you tweet us and tell us what your favorite uh, country music song 
about the state of Oklahoma is. Go Frogs.